Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Sunday afternoon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined, as always, for our Steelers post-game show here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast networks uh, by Paul Zeiss after the Steelers pull out a 23-19 victory against the Packers at Akersher Stadium that honestly was a game much longer than I think it should have been, Paul, but the Steelers come out with the win. Uh, What are your top-line reactions to what we saw uh, this afternoon? Uh, well, obviously they ran the ball for 205 yards. That's probably where you have to start and finish. I mean, that's that's really why they were able to win the game was their running game. And and, and uh, defensively, they gave up a lot of yards, but they came up with again a couple of turnovers late. You know, they kept them out of the uh, when when the, the, their red zone defense was really good. I thought Jordan Love made a few mistakes um, that uh, he made some things, made some throws that he shouldn't have made. But at the end of the day. You play well in the red zone, you run the football, and you win the turnover war. Guess what happens, Adam? <laughs> you win the game. So uh, the one thing I will say, and and this is becoming a little bit concerning to me, is I did not think the quarterback played very well today. And I think that the fact is that the, 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 today was probably one of the first days where it was. it's very clear they don't want to put the ball in his hands very much. Um, and you know, the throws he did make were little check downs here and there. Um, I think, you know, he missed some throws. I, I just, I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm a little concerned that the quarterback is not going to be the guy. Um, you know, I can still be convinced who knows what, what, you know, what can happen over the course of some time, but because of the, you know, too many days like today where I just, I'm, I'm, I keep waiting for him to start doing something where it looks like, okay, he's getting – even those first two drives of the, of the game where basically run the ball, you know, they're running the ball, run the ball, and he, and he dumped it off a few times. But he didn't really do anything that, you know, 90 quarterbacks that are in the NFL couldn't do right there. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, when you, when you run the ball like they ran it, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, their defense gave up yards again, but they were good in the red zone and they won the, t- the turnover battle. Was it three nothing or two nothing? Yeah, two nothing turnover battle. That's the difference in a four point game. Yeah, we'll dig into both everything on both sides of the ball. Certainly, more, a lot more talk about Kenny Pickett. Uh, just a reminder before we get too far into the episode here uh, that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Paul, let's let's talk about that running game real quickly before we get into um, talking a little bit more about Kenny Pickett. Um, things just look a lot easier for this offense when they can run the ball like that 
I think that might be possibly the most obvious statement you could make after a game like this, but it, it just offensively, it looked night and day different. I think just because the execution was so much better and not necessarily because, you know, they were suddenly calling brilliant plays um, that were consistently fooling the Packers. I mean, they, they just dominated them. And I, th- I think that's what the Steelers were hoping they'd be able to do early in the season. Do you look at what they did today as, as something that's sustainable and, and real growth? Or do you just say that, you know, the Packers Packers were a team that they could dominate and they did. Um, and it may not necessarily have an impact later on down the schedule when you're playing some of the better teams. Uh, well, I'll tell you, the thing about it is if they run the ball like that, I thought they executed blocking better. I thought, you know, especially early in the game, they did some really good things to uh, open up the holes for Najee Harris and for, and for uh, Jalen Ward. So is it sustainable? Yeah. If, if, if they're going to execute like that up front, they can do it against anybody they're going to play against. You know, I, Packers aren't great, but they their defense is actually not terrible. And I think one of the things about it is a lot of times run game stuff like that is 100% execution. You know, we like to point out the running backs and this and that and everything, but a lot of times it's, do you block the, does it block right? That's the big thing. Is it blocked right? Does they block them up right and everything else? They did today. I thought they had some really good runs. They trapped a little bit. They pulled a little bit. You know, there were plays where Najee Harris and, and Jalen Warren weren't getting touched until they were four or five yards down the field. Do you do that every week? Yeah, it could be sustainable. It could be something you build on and you get better at. But I still believe once you get into the games against the better teams, you better be able to complement that with a passing attack. You better be able to, uh, you know, complement that with a downfield passing attack. And I just don't know that the Steelers have that. You know, they, they hit the one play on our sideline to uh, George Pickens. A couple of other throws here and there. But for the most part, their, their, their passing game is difficult. So um, it's going to be interesting to see now. Uh, this is two weeks in a row where they've had good film of watching the Steelers block and create big holes and everything else. Um, it's just amazing to me. Like, uh, you know, now they let's see, cause the NFL will shortly, will, yeah, it will adjust. And I actually thought, I thought in some ways green Bay adjusted to it as well. Um, and was able to shut it down a little bit, but we'll see. I, like I said, if you execute well in the run game blocking like that, you're always going to have a chance to win. And I think you're always going to have a chance to run the ball. Yeah, that said, Paul, you mentioned that that the passing game did not look great, and and I I think I was I was very surprised by how they they really couldn't mix in some easy throws for Kenny Pickett, given how they were running the ball. Usually, you can you can you know use it's it's one of the oldest cliches in football: use the run to set up the pass. They they did the running part; they just never really set up the pass. I looked I was looking at the box score late in the third quarter. Connor Hayward was still the leading target. I think he had four targets and everyone else had three or fewer. Um, is that a testament more than anything else to where this passing game is that that Connor Hayward, A, is getting as many routes as he is? I, I've talked about this for the last couple of weeks. And B, um, that that he was the guy that Kenny Pickett was finding the most often when you guys when you have guys like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson on the field. Well, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is teams seem to be able to take away either – but I, I shouldn't say that. Sitting in the press box, I'm going to tell you this much. Those guys are open. There are plays where those guys are open. And Kenny is not seeing them, or for whatever reason. He's not seeing them. And I think one of the reasons that Connor Hayward is getting so many throws to him is because he's a check down guy, which is what he basically is. 
you know, third and long on the other, you know, it was third and what, 17 or something on the other sideline. What did they do? Threw it to Connor Hayward. He got maybe another yard or two after he caught it. And they tackled him. It was fourth and nine and they had to punt, right? There was another play in the middle of the field. They threw it to him. Actually, it set up a field goal. They threw it to him. It was like third and 13. They dumped it off to him and, you know, he got maybe eight yards or something. They had to kick another field goal. So, but, you know, like, for instance, on the fourth down play where they scrambled out to the right and Kenny, or it was a third down play. It was right before the field goal to make it 23. They scrambled out to the right and Kenny Pickett kind of threw it into the ground. If he takes that first step and just looks straight down the field, it's a touchdown. Because whoever it was, I think it was, I think it might have been Pickens actually. But whoever it was ran straight down through the defense. So as soon as he came out, all he has to do is throw it down there. And he doesn't. Instead, he just ground balls one. So I, I, I don't know that it's completely a product of um, the fact that you have uh, uh, Connor Hayward and other guys getting more targets. I think Kenny's not seeing the field. And he's not seeing the guys that he needs to be seeing. Um, you know, at first, I wanted to blame all of this on Matt Canada. But I got to be honest with you, uh, I, I think there are guys that are open on some of these plays. I'm starting to wonder if Matt Canada maybe has taken too much of the blame for what's going on. And that some of these play calls we yell and scream at him about, if you really look at it, which I've been trying more, uh, more and more to just try and look at the entire field and see what's out there. I don't know, man. I, I don't know that it's all uh, uh, Matt Canada, that's for sure. Yeah, I think there's uh, the degree of truth to that, especially in the last few weeks, Paul. Um, I, I thought the the game he called last week was was the best of the season. I it was hard for me to kind of evaluate today um, because they were doing so well up front. And kind of to your point, Pickett was kind of missing open receivers. He's missed some three. He missed throws last week against Tennessee. So how do you evaluate where where Matt Canada stands within this offense? Is is the is the burden of proof shifting to Kenny Pickett in your mind? Yeah, um, in, in a meaningful way, and, and that that he's got to show something before people can pile on Matt Canada again. Well, I'm just going to tell you. I think when you look at it from at, at the end of the day, it's now on in Kenny Pickett's hands. I mean, you know, I think they've adequately fixed the running game. Obviously, the last two weeks they've run with a lot of uh, a, a lot of success. To me, if you look at it that way, okay. So now you've got to make throws that are there to make. You've got to make chunk plays when there's chunk plays there to make. You need to get the ball to 18 or to uh, Deontay Johnson, and you need to get the ball to George Pickens when they are open and when the plays, uh, you know, offer those two guys as options. Um, you know, people are talking about, Deontay Johnson missed a pass down the sidelines. You know, oh, yeah, it was, you know, no, no. I mean, he, he, obviously, it's, it would have been a really, it would have been a really spectacular catch. But the bottom line is the ball was thrown about eight yards short. You know, uh, they got bailed out early in the game on a, on a play where uh, Deontay Johnson, it was nowhere close to where it needed to be. It was an overthrow. And they got bailed out by, you know, the officials throwing a, a, a flag for uh, pass interference. And if you watch the, the you know, if you watch the replay, um, okay, the defender had a little bit of, of Johnson's jersey. But at the end of the day, it was such a bad throw, it didn't matter. He, you know, that had nothing to do with it. He barely snagged him. So, 
I think that the, the defense has proven it's going to be good. Uh, you're, they're, not, they're, they're very good at not giving up touchdowns. You know what I mean? They're pretty good at you get in the red zone. We're, we're making you settle for field goals. You know, they give up they give up yards. I get it and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, I think the defense is pretty good. I think they're going to be able to run the football with some degree of success uh, now that they got some things sorted out on their offensive line. And you know what, Adam? Where this season goes now comes down to does the quarterback progress? And if he progresses and he gets better and he's able to make some of these throws, you know what? We could be talking about a pretty good team by the time the playoffs come. Yeah, I think it's it's getting there, Paul. But um, I think the big issue with with Kenny Pickett right now is is the, you're able to sustain drives because of the running game, right? But today they didn't finish the drives, um, and, and I think that's partly on Kenny Pickett because that's those where you you need to make the plays to finish drives, and that's the difference between kicking field goals as they did a lot of times and scoring touchdowns. If they score touchdowns on a couple of those drives, Paul, this game's not close, right? No. And, you know, the flip side of it is if they give up touchdowns in this game, you know, in the red zone. I mean, think about this. Green Bay was in the red zone five times, scored one touchdown. They scored one touchdown from outside the red zone. But they scored, they were in the red zone five times. If you're Green Bay, you've got to do better than that. You know, two of them are, are interceptions. The last interception, I'll, you know, I'll give that as a pass. If you looked at the Steelers defense, they basically had eight guys across the uh, the. Um, they had eight guys across the uh, uh, goal line, um, which I never understand this, Adam. In that situation, okay, I got to be honest with you. In that situation, when I see that alignment, right, I am going to run. I'm going to run two guys kind of down the middle to the hashes, and then my running back. I'm just going to have a little circle route where he catches it, and he's got a ten yard run. You know, ten yards ahead of steam you know what i'm saying and, and your guys basically got to stop him at the goal line i never understand why teams don't try and do it that way listen if i get tackled on the one yard line because your guys stand up you know what god bless you but i know this if i've got my guy you know whoever you know whatever running back if i got him running with a full head of steam with a 10 11 yard head start i gotta be honest with you if it's too Corners or a corner and a safety, I like my chances of that collision at the one yard line ended up in the in the end zone. Uh, so I I don't I don't put that I don't you know I don't necessarily put that uh, 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 turnover on Jordan Love like oh well, that was a horrible thing. I mean it's at that point almost like a desperation play. Probably needs to throw it up in the air and just see if one of his guys can come down with it. But whatever. Uh, but. You can't go four times, five times in the red zone and only score once. You just can't. And so you're right. The Steelers need to score touchdowns. But right now, their defense is keep pretty good at keeping other teams out of the end zone. Uh, and so that's one of those things where you say, well, you know what? Uh, it, it was a wash. Yeah, Paul, I um I had the same thought watching them line up there for that last play of it, especially at that point on the field. If if the ball's on the 30, 40 yard line, I think you have time to swarm to the ball wherever it's thrown. Um, but in that situation where they were on like the 20 or, or close to that, you don't have much time to react to wherever the ball goes. I would not have uh I would not have gone that direction, but it works out for the Steelers. Paul, well, um, how I'm much is Broderick? Saying, did you did you 
Did you see the formation they were in, the Steelers? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They were all lined up on the goal yeah. line, and I just think that doesn't give you much time to swarm, and it only takes a bro broken tackle or two and a guy's in the end zone. I, I completely agree with you. Like I said, the other thing is if you have the two guys running down a hash, okay, you know what they can do? As soon as the ball's caught, they sort of just dive in and try and create a little bit of a hole for your guy to run, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. That's just me. Maybe it's easier said than done, but I looked at that and thought, boy, if I was the quarterback, I'd be calling for a little circle pass because coming out of the goal, coming out of the backfield, your, your running back is probably catching the ball. You know, where was that? Was that is it like the twenty-yard line? Yeah, maybe is that where that right, something? What it, your running back's probably catching the ball at like the twelve, and he's got you know uh, everybody kind of spread out this way. He's catching it with a full head of steam. Can he get all the way you know to the, to the goal line? Maybe not, but I think I would give it a shot. That's just me. Paul, a couple more quick hits on the offense here before we do get into the defense a little bit more earnest. Um, how much do you give Broderick Jones credit for how this this running game has, has started to turn around? Um, he's been in for two games. I think they've been two of the best games offensively all season. Um, is he is he a difference maker or is it a coincidence or a little bit of both? No, I mean, I think he's pretty good at, at, the, at run blocking, Adam. I do. I think he's been pretty good at run blocking. Uh, he's got to get better pass protection, but, but I really believe that, you know, that's a part of it. I know that, you know, you say, oh, we don't want to react to one thing, but I do. I look at him and I say, boy, I, I really believe that he's a guy that is making a difference uh, in the run game. And I think that, honestly, um, he'll get better in pass protection. Uh, but he's a road grader, man. He's a big, strong, physical guy. And, you know, he's he seems to move very well. And they're able to do some things, I think, with him in the run game that they weren't able to do with Chooks before for. So, yeah, I do think he makes a difference. I like I like what I've seen from him. I like honestly what I've seen from Siamolo. Uh, I think he's you know finally starting to play the way that he's you know capable of. Him coming off the ball has been a big thing. Uh, Dan Moore has been you know solid, and I think that's the reason why he didn't lose the job. I'm still you know there's not a lot you can do about Mason Cole, but they've figured out a way maybe to make him a little bit useful. One thing that you, you know is going to happen probably is you got to watch, but he's going to uh, he's going to uh, uh, a bad snap is coming. I mean, he's had a number of them that he's basically ground balled to Kenny Pickett, and Kenny's you know made the play and been able to do it. But you know, it's just a matter of time. One of those ones is going to you know get on the ground, and then, and then we see what happens. You know. Paul, I also wanted to ask you about the running backs. Um, Jalen Warren looks better and better every week, uh, but Najee Harris has by, by no means looked bad. Um, are you content with the Steelers sticking with this kind of 50-50 share of time in the backfield? Do you want to see more Warren? Um, I tend to be in the, in the camp of if it's not broke, don't fix it. You, you've got both guys working pretty well. I think you need to keep them both in the mix. But um, what's your evaluation of what we've seen from those running backs and how they fit into this mix? Well, I see. Let's see. Warren, 15 carries, 100 yards. Najee Harris, 16 carries, 82 yards. Both had a touchdown. Both had a 20-plus yard run. So, to me, I mean, I kind of feel like it's a good one-two combination, isn't it? You've got one guy who runs one way. You've got another guy who's got kind of a completely different style runner. And you just keep throwing body blows at the other team. And you got fresh legs in there all the time. I like it, Adam. I don't mind it at all. I, I don't know. I, I get it. I understand why people want, 
you know, Jalen Warren to have more carries because right now it looks like he's the better of the two. But, but Adam, you've got one guy who's coming 100 miles an hour downhill. You've got another guy that's a little bit more, you know, uh, uh, thoughtful in the way that he goes. Um, you know, I like it. I think it's a great one-two combination. I think, you know, the way they mixed it up today, it was really difficult for the Packers, really difficult for the Packers to, uh, to, to, to deal with them. And, and that's how you end up with 200 yards rushing. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a need to change. Is there? No, I, I think I'm on the, the team of, especially if you're getting as many carries in a game as the Steelers were today, I think you want to, you want to keep both of those guys involved. And I think you risk one of them kind of falling out of rhythm. If you say, oh, we're going to go with the lead back strategy. It's just not been in, Mike Tomlin's MO over the years, he usually likes to have his bell cow and his guy he's going to. So I think it's going to take a little bit of a philosophical adjustment to, to continue going forward with this. But um, I think there's a lot to like about those two. Paul, last thing on the offense. Would you rather have Josh Dobbs or Kenny Pickett right now? Well, I mean, uh, right now it looks like Josh Dobbs is a better player. It, it, here's, here's the thing. Ask yourself this. Would you rather have Jordan Love or Kenny Pickett? Actually, that was going to be the next question. So you uh, set, set that up well for yourself. I mean, seriously. Um, and, and, and looking at what happened today, are we still on this uh, uh, idea that somehow Brock Purdy is overrated and, you know, this and that and everything, and that Kenny's the best quarterback in that draft? I mean, are we still doing that? Because uh, it looks to me like the kid from Washington is better than, than Kenny, and it looks like Brock Birdie's better than Kenny. Those are two guys in that draft, right? Am I wrong? Uh, no, it was Sam Howell on one draft ahead of him. He might have been. No, I think they were in the same draft, weren't they? I believe they were in the same draft, yeah. There were there were a lot of mocks that connected Sam Howell to the, to the Steelers at different points in time. So, um, And then he just kind of fell down in, the, in that pecking order of guys uh, while Kenny Pickett kind of stayed put. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's all fair. And, and, and the way I mean, things are – if you watched today's game, was there anything in today's game that you didn't um, that uh, you didn't think, for instance, that Josh Dobbs could do that Kenny did today? No, that's yeah. the point. And, and, and I think and, I think he throws the ball better. I think you know I think he's got more talent. Yeah, it just it just took some time in the NFL to develop it. I feel like it's I don't know. Geno Smith got drafted much higher than like Josh Dobbs did. Um, but I think it's kind of a similar, you know, later career. Some of these guys there, we're seeing some of these guys that stay in the league for a while can, when they get their opportunity, seize the opportunity. Um, and and who knows, maybe Kenny Pickett ends up in that category someday. Um, you know, if, if things continue to trend in this direction for him, uh, maybe he just needs a little bit more time in the league to, to kind of have that moment. But it's just still very striking to me that, that Josh Dobbs has kind of been this um, – you know, force in the NFL this season and, and the Steelers had him and then, and then they let him go. And he was never really part of the conversation for, for who replaces Ben Roethlisberger. And yet here he is, I think the most established of any of the, the, the quarterbacks we've talked about since Ben or during the Ben era, um, Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, um, you know, all, all of those guys, he, he's kind of standing out above them. So I just thought that was an interesting question. Got a couple of questions about the defense here, but before, um, we get into that. want to thank a couple more of our sponsors, Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation 
Also, thanks to Propel Schools, Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County, build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning um, and more personalized instruction at every level of your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn, learn more and apply at Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, it was, you mentioned that the defense uh, at the top of the show, Paul, was a real bend but don't break effort today. They were backed up in the red zone several times. Several times they got stops. They were a little squishy on third down, those, those weighty downs that Mike Tomlin likes to talk about. Um, how, do you, how do you evaluate the, the effort for, for this unit overall, knowing that they, they, they did show up at crunch time and, and got the job done when it mattered? But um, it was anything but, I think, an, an easy effort for those guys today. Well, uh, what did they – didn't Green Bay basically have 400 yards or close to 400 yards, I think, right? Yeah. They, they outgained the Steelers. They had almost 400 yards. Um, I thought, again, it, this is one of the tough, most tough, difficult teams I've ever been around to evaluate because they're six and three. They're six and three. And I don't know what to make of them. I don't know. You know what I mean? And the, the defense is exactly the same. They give up yards. They give up big plays. They get burned on plays. They get this, that, and everything. And then in the red zone, they make, you know, the ball bounces off someone's hand and into the hands of somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And they, they, they get a strip sack when they absolutely need to have a strip sack and, and all the other stuff. I mean, I just don't know what to make of it other than this is a team that makes the, they thrive. Their defense thrives on big plays. Their offense thrives on not turning the ball over. Yeah, yeah, and I think they were. I think they ended up being outgained at the end, Paul. So I think that's nine in a row to start the season uh, being outgained, and and some, somehow they're six and three. Um, did you notice the absence of Minka Fitzpatrick today, or or was, yes. was the, and in what ways um, did it kind of stick out to you? There was a lot of plays that they got big plays down the middle of the field. There was plays on the safety, and, and the corners weren't on the same play, uh, weren't on the same page. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty, pretty evident that they were struggling, uh, in that back half of their secondary. They need him back for sure. Um, you know, I, I think obviously Patrick Peterson made the nice play at the end of the game, but again, he needs help all the time. And when you have Minka, you're able to do a whole lot of different things. That's for sure. And uh, they just can't do it. That's the big thing. Um, so that's, that's just the way, you know, it's easy to see when you're missing one of your most important players back there. Paul, the pass interference call at the end of the game prolonged the game, you know, put the Steelers in, in ultimately a bad position after the Packers hit that long throw, um, you know, to get onto the Steelers side of the field and, and really have a chance to, to throw it in the end zone a couple of times and maybe win the game. What did you think of that call and, and how it potentially put the Steelers in jeopardy? Uh. Wait, which call are we talking about now? It was the the it was the I kind of like pick play where where uh, Austin was called for interference on the on the long pass to Pickens yeah. that would have ended the game. Um, yeah, um, I mean, again, that is one of those calls where you're going to get it called fifty percent of the time, and you're not going to get it called fifty percent of the time. It just so happens the Steelers got caught. <laughs> I mean, they didn't get caught, you know, Adam. But there's a few calls like that. Um, that, that seem to be calls that um, you could call a lot, and they don't always call it. And it seems weird at times, you know, when they actually do call it. 
Um, but I mean, it seems like by the letter of the law, it's the right call. It's just they don't always call it. You know, that's just one of those calls like that. Yeah, people. A lot of people were screaming about that. That the they thought the defender initiated the the contact, but I thought it looked kind of like a pick play. So um, I didn't have a huge problem with it. But boy, that was that was potentially a really costly call on the Steelers. Paul, you mentioned they're six and three, and you, you don't know what to make of them. Um, I'm going to ask this as a two part question. Are you um, surprised by what you saw from um, Houston today? Um, I don't know if they – did they finish off Cincinnati in that game? I, I knew it was – Yeah, they, a, won a, they won on a last-second field goal. Okay. Um, so, they won so, on a last-second field goal, yeah. So, so A, how does that how – does, how, does, how does the way the Texans have played change your view of the Steelers in that loss? Because I think a lot of people looked at that as, wow, you got dominated by a team that's rebuilding that probably isn't very good. That team goes and beats the Bengals today. And, and now the Steelers, I think, are alone in second place in this division – um, going into a period of where they're going to play the Browns next week, then the Bengals. Are the Steelers the second best team in this division in your eyes right now? Um, well, or, we'll, find, or... we'll find out next week because they're tied with the Browns. The Browns are six and three. The Browns beat the Ravens today, so the Browns are six and three. The oh. Steelers are yeah. I didn't realize Browns... they came back and won. Yeah, the Browns are six and three. The Steelers are six and three. So next week's game all of a sudden becomes really, really, really big game, and and and. Uh, the bottom line is um, the one thing I'll say about the Ravens. I got what, what is going on here? There we go. The one thing I'll say about the Ravens, um, they are the they should be nine and zero, and instead are ten and zero. Looks like we lost Paul there for a second. Um, yeah, I, I think interesting results in the division today. Um, I, I, the Steel, these these are going to be two huge games, I think for. Oh, there we go. We got Paul back. Go ahead, Paul. It was 24 to 9. And then somehow it gets to 24 17. Then they go up 31 17. Right? Mm-hmm. The Browns, that's, the Browns, what, that's the last I saw. Yeah. The, the Browns score to make it 31 24, and Lamar Jackson throws a pick six. I mean, I, I don't I just don't get it. I don't understand you know what why he is always, you know, seemingly turning the ball over at the worst times. So there's a team that should be seven and three, should be uh, nine, really ten and zero, and they're seven and three, and the Browns are six and three, and really the biggest reason why they're six and three this week, obviously their defense was okay, but all of a sudden Deshaun Walker comes back, or Deshaun Watson comes out in the last uh, I don't know quarter and a half, all of a sudden looks like Deshaun Watson, so it should be an interesting game next week up there, uh, to say the least. And that's what I'll tell you is it's got to be um, it's got to be a situation now where uh, if the, if the Browns win this game, you know, next week, now all of a sudden uh, they put themselves in a pretty good position for the playoffs. The other thing that's interesting about it is, and this is probably the most interesting thing, is if the Texans were to win and the Browns were to lose next week, the Steelers would lose a, a tiebreaker to the Texans. Uh now, in the Tech game, one of the things that happened in that game is that uh, I think the Bengals were without T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase played a little bit. But let me say, I don't think he, I don't think he did a whole bunch. I think he he played a couple of plays, and then he, and then he. he... 
Lost Paul again there. Apologies, sometimes we have some uh, technical difficulties on the North Shore after the game. Lots of cell phone activity, um, lots of lots of Wi-Fi activity. There, we there go. you go, Paul. There shouldn't be any Wi-Fi activity. But anyway, my point is, um, you know, the Bengals fell way behind, came all the way back. They had a chance. They had like a first and goal with like the six. And uh, they couldn't score. They took a sack. Something else happened, and so they ended up having to settle for a field goal to tie it at 30-30, to 30, and then the Texans went down and kicked the, kicked the field goal. So um, the division is still what it is, but the Steelers are 6-3. and three, The Browns are 6-3. and three. Next week's game all of a sudden looks really – becomes really, really good. Paul, if the Steelers – I think obviously if you're a Steelers fan, you want to see them win both. But if they come out of this stretch against the Bengals and Browns 1-1, one and one, um, what that would make them 7-4. Uh, and four going into the latter portion of the season. Are you feeling pretty good about where they are if, if they split these next two, or, or do you think they need to win both? No, I mean, I think they could split the next two. That'd be fine. If they split the next two, get to seven and four, you got to figure, you know, you got the two layups, Patriots and the Cardinals at home. Now you're probably looking at at least nine wins there. You only need to win one of his other games in order to get to 10. So I think if they split these next two games, they almost assuredly they'll make the playoffs. Um, you know, whether they can win the division probably has a lot to do with the fact, you know, how, the, how do they play against the Bengals and the Ravens? And uh, so we'll see. And that that is only something that will happen, you know, down the road. You just got to take it one week at a time. But if, they, if you're going to tell me they split their next two, I think that'd be fine. Seven and four. And that probably puts them in a place where they're going to uh, where they're going to uh, get to the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I think that's you know. Listen, I, I understand people's frustration with these with this team. I, it's still a long way from where it needs to be, but um, you know, making making the, the the playoffs out of this division with the way it's played this year, um, and and the, and the AFC where there's just so many good teams, um, I think would be you know a, a nice step forward. I think you just need to see Kenny Pickett be a bigger part of that, um, and 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 kind of step into the role of. Um, you know, making those throws at the right times to, to make sure you're not in a dogfight like you were today. Um, I think if they can get to that point by the end of the season, they could be a threat to win a playoff game or two, um, depending upon how the, the breaks go. So, Paul, thanks for joining me. Um, we're going to have a lot more reaction to Steelers uh, Packers here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel. Um, our guys at the stadium, Jerry Dulek, Brian Bacco, Ray Fittipaldo, will be checking in with their own reaction video a little bit later today. Christopher Carter will be reacting on the North Shore Drive Monday. And then Paul and I will be back on Thursday for our weekly chat. Uh, we do those in the afternoon. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you like this video. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. A um, lot more Steelers content to come this week. So thanks for stopping by and hope you'll come back for a lot more in the seven days to come. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.